Super Talk Mississippi media production. Free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Happy afternoon to you. Welcome to another edition of the Eagle Hour. Bob Getty and Luke Johnson. We're in the First Bank Studios in Laurel and Hattiesburg. We're glad you're with us. What a show today. A.J. Ricketts is the play-by-play voice for Florida International. I hope I pronounced that right. He'll be on the show later in the hour. The Spoon, Clarence Weatherspoon, joins us here in just a few minutes as well. We're about to uh, hook up with Patrick McGee down in the wonderful city of New Orleans. Opening segment of the show sponsored by Dickie's Barbecue Pit. I want to thank Dickie's for their support throughout this year and want to remind you that if you want a break from Thanksgiving food over the next couple of days, Dickie's would be a great place to go. They serve delicious food seven days a week, and they can cater. Uh, they can cater your Christmas uh, meal if that's what you'd like. Just keep Dickies uh, on your list between now and the end of the year. Patrick McGee is in New Orleans, as we've talked about, uh, NOLA.com these days. And, Patrick, uh, glad to have you back on the show. Happy Thanksgiving to you. Quite an evolution of offense here at Southern Miss as we went from uh, the quarterback of the week to four quarterbacks every week in, uh, in a, a weird version of the Wildcat offense. Uh, your thoughts about uh, this really pretty incredible transition we've seen uh, with the Southern Miss offensive attack? Yeah, and it's, it's something I think, you know, it, it was probably it's an easy decision or was made easier for Will Hall to make this decision midseason and uh, go away from the traditional scheme that he wants to run uh, to do this wildcat uh, uh, ground-based offense. He's the head coach and the offensive coordinator. In the past, you know, a head coach hires an offensive coordinator to come in and run his scheme, and uh, he <laughs> typically those guys don't really deviate that much. But Will Hall being the head coach, uh, he's able to kind of step in and, and just make that call himself, you know, he wanted to start winning some football games, and it was the right call. I mean, honestly, he probably he should have done it earlier. He, he'll probably admit that. Uh, but you know, at the same time, you know, he re- these recruit uh, receivers were signed to come in and catch the ball, and and you know, at first they were probably kind of disappointed they're going to run it. But heck, the passing game hadn't been so bad. Right. Uh, looking back last week, you know, especially Brownlee being able to get it, uh, get involved. Uh, but yeah, it's. It's, it was a necessity. I mean, I, I remember whenever uh, back in 2016, Hobson's first season, where both Nick Mullins and Parker Adamson went down with injuries and they were left with Keon Howard, who really wasn't ready uh, to get out there and play. I, I thought at the time they should have just gone with Tez Parks at, at, at quarterback and just done a direct snap and done something similar because Keon just wasn't ready and it kind of showed where he went out there. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I credit Will Hall for – uh, being willing to kind of cast aside the ego and, and 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 do something different to win football games, and I think more coaches should do it because I mean most, especially on the G five level, you just don't have that depth at quarterback. You might have two guys, but you usually don't have that third guy. Uh, so I think I, yeah, quarterback. So I think Will Hall made the right decision, and 
Uh, if he'd done it a few weeks earlier, his season would probably look a little different right now. All right. So far, so good, Luke Johnson. It really is. And, Patrick, you talked about, you know, Group 5 not having uh, – you know, having a second guy, not having a third guy, Southern Miss having to put the fifth and sixth guy out there. I mean, it is just right. when you think about these last two years, last year from a coaching carousel, this year to a, a quarterback carousel, there's really no really historical precedent to what the Eagles have faced the last two years. No, it's been a <laughs> it's been a weird. You know, I uh, you know I, I was doing the math. I was like, how many coaches, how many quarterbacks they've had over the last two years? If you put the two together, it's a lot. Of, it's a lot of guys. Uh, it's I don't you know I don't I'll be hard it'd be hard pressed to find another situation. Uh, it's just a weird weird deal and a, a lot of bad luck involved. Uh, but I guarantee you going for Will Hall is probably going to have a couple of more scholarship quarterbacks on the roster yeah. uh, after this season. Absolutely. <clears throat> Last question for me on on Southern Miss. It does seem though that even though the season has been rough. That especially how they responded the last two games, and th- that this team believes in what this coaching staff's putting forward. I mean, you know, I, I kind of want—I want to bottle up what Will Hall, you know, is is uh, selling the team, and I want to drink it for just my everyday life that I can plow through daily activities, no matter what the adversity is. I mean, that is for Southern Miss fans. That is the positive because the people inside the locker room believe in it. Right, they're still playing hard. And to go through a season like this and still go out there and play hard, uh, they're putting a lot of young guys on the field, guys that really want to get out there and get better. And I, you know, it, you know, it's there's not, you know, you're not sitting here thinking, oh, there's a magic fix going to next year. This team's going to be a seven or eight win team. I mean, that's a possibility, but you know, th- th- there's it, uh, it's all about right now for this team. And I think they're playing for this task. They're playing hard, and uh, that's definitely a good sign going into year number two. All right, before we uh, get too far into the break, we want to talk a little NFL football. Patrick, I haven't talked to you in a while, and I haven't told Luke this, but I've come to a new conclusion. This is my Super Bowl prediction for this year. At the end of the year, when everything is still, everything has been settled, the Super Bowl will be the Arizona Cardinals and the New England Patriots, Patrick. <laughs> It, it makes me think, or is, it, is it Tom Brady versus Carson Palmer? I mean, that's just a weird, <laughs> you know, I mean, that's just a combination you didn't really even, you know, think about coming in to the season. It's just, uh, yeah, that, I mean, I, w- I can't argue with you. I mean, the Patriots have probably been more consistent than any team in the AFC, and and, uh, and they're, they're starting to kind of build on what they had going early on the season. Of course, the Cardinals have been very good all season. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't argue with you on that. It's one of those years to where nobody's great, and, and you're asking yourself, is anybody really good? Uh, there's there's no breakaway team. Uh, the Buccaneers don't look like world beaters, and the Saints would probably be in a very good position right now, but the injuries have just piled up. I mean, from everything to having to play their first game on the road during the, uh, because of a hurricane, it's just been one thing after another for the Saints, and, and, and Peyton's got to be just really kind of, Biting his fist, thinking this team could really be in the hunt if if Jameis and just all the other pieces have managed to stay healthy and Michael Thomas had, had been ready to go somewhat early in the season. It's it would it could be a barely. I mean, they're still in the they're still eligible for playoffs right now. Right. Uh, and and there you know there's a chance they could turn things around here in the next couple two or three weeks, but it's it's going to be tough coming on a short week for that Buffalo game. What do you think, uh, Luke? The Pats and the uh, Cardinals. 
Yeah, I mean, if that's the case, then Mac Jones is going to be goat number two. I mean, it's just, they, <laughs> you know, Belichick's found him another one. Patrick, what's the uh, what's this kind of the status of Kamara and Ingram going into tomorrow night? Um, w- without those two guys, and then obviously without Jameis and without Thomas, it's just like, yeah, they're going to struggle like they struggled last week against Philly. And, and the defense really surprised me. You know, you give up 40. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, Ingram and Kamara are question marks coming in. I know they missed practice yesterday. I've been a little bit out with Luke today. I'm not sure what the status is as of right now. But uh, if I had to guess, I think Ingram's probably ready to go by Thursday. They just wanted to probably give him a break. Uh, uh, You don't really have any sense that he's battling something super serious. Now, maybe on a short week, it's tough for him to get out there. Uh, But it's just injury after injury for this team. Uh, it's it's been a while since the Saints have endured this much in terms of injuries at key positions at receiver at running back at quarterback on the offensive line. Early in the season, had a lot of injuries, and <clears throat> he had that one year uh, one game where you were dealing a lot of uh, COVID issues against Carolina. So they've really been without a lot of their better players for a good chunk of the season. And uh, going in, it may be the <laughs> it may be the Tony Jones show on Thursday. Yeah. We'll see. But I, I, if I had to bet, I'd say Ingram's probably out there on Thursday. You, you got the next four. You get the Bills, who haven't been playing well. You get the Cowboys, who you never know who's going to show up. Get those two at home. Then you go out to the at the Jets. Feel good about that one. Then you go down to Tampa. I mean, is it possible they go you know fifty fifty here? They split two and two. I think they got to, but there's a chance they could get three and one if the right things fall their way. Yeah, if, if you're sitting seven and seven after this stretch, you can't feel too bad. You just got to win those last two games. I don't know. If you have the schedule in front, you might be able to tell us what the final. Dolphins, Panthers, and Falcons. Okay. Well, yeah, that, that's right. I keep thinking from the 16-game uh, schedule, but 17. So you got three games there, and those are all winnable games. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, if you get to 10-7, and seven, you're you're feeling pretty good about your playoff chances just because of the chaos of this season uh, and, there, and just really nobody able to really separate themselves. So at some point, the Saints have got to win two or three games in a row. Uh, if, if they beat Buffalo – on Thursday, somehow uh, it would be a it would be a major lift and just kind of put them ahead ahead of the uh, the pack going into the final few games because that's that's a game really not many people give them a shot to win just because of the injury issue. All right, Patrick, I want to say happy Thanksgiving to you. I appreciate all that you do uh, for the Eagle Hour. Are you going to be in Mississippi or the Big Easy for Thanksgiving? Yeah, I'm headed to Madison here in a little bit to hang out with my uh, parents and my sister on Thanksgiving. So I'll be in Mississippi for Thanksgiving. All right, brother. Happy Thanksgiving to you. All right. Y'all too. Y'all have a good one. Patrick McGee, everybody. Coming up next, uh, Luke has booked the greatest basketball player in Southern Miss history. The Spoon is next on the Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Second segment of the Eagle Hour is sponsored by Campus Bookmart at campusbookmart.net. Christmas shopping season starts, I guess, day after tomorrow. 
uh, got to make sure Campus Book Bar is on your list if there's a Southern Miss fan uh, at your home. And uh, you'll find a great selection of Christmas shopping gift ideas, Campus Book Mart and CampusBookMart.net. All right, the Golden Eagle basketball team is at the University of Montana. They're getting ready to play in a Thanksgiving tournament starting later tonight, actually. We have with us right now, <clears throat> prior to the opening of the tournament, the greatest basketball player in Southern Miss history, and now a coach on the basketball program, of course, the great Clarence Weatherspoon. And coach, uh, first of all, thanks for coming on uh, before the tournament opener, and happy Thanksgiving to you. Okay, thanks for having me, and happy Thanksgiving uh, to you guys and all the listeners out there back in Hattiesburg. All right, Coach, my question before we get to Luke is this. You, you won at every level. You won, obviously, a lot in college. You were a great, successful NBA basketball player. When you look at the basketball team right now that you're helping coach, where do these kids have to improve? What do they have to do to get to the winning level that you and the other coaches aspire to get them to? Well, I think it's, it's a work in progress. I think uh, anytime you bring in so many new uh, faces, you have to uh, blend in people, uh, blend in the personnel, uh, you know, players have to learn roles. Uh, you know, we have to learn each other. This game, uh, you know, we're going to play four four games in season. We're two and two. We're going to play some very challenging uh, teams. But uh, one one of the things, we, uh, you know, we're trying to define is how we're going to play and, and what we're going to do. And I think defensively, we got to hold our hat on defensively uh, on the defensive side of the ball until we work out all the other kinks to, to give ourselves a chance at winning uh, and winning a lot of ball games. Are you the coaching staff? Have you settled on your quote unquote starting five, or, or is that still something that you're looking for from game to game? Well, the last couple of games you, uh, you can see by the starting by the starters that well, uh, you know, we were trying to find a, a, a group that, that fits and gels together that can get us out to the best start. And, uh, you know, that's that's one of the things, like I say, in the early process of, 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 of team building and team bonding, that's, that's what we're looking for, you know, to just find find groups, find a group that, that, that plays well, that starts the game. But also, you know, it's a competition, so guys play – play well in practice, get out and compete, and uh, show that they are capable of starting. So I think that also builds depth on your team so that you have multiple guys that's capable of starting. All right, Luke, get in here with Coach Spoon. Coach, uh, let's let's talk specifically about a few guys. Uh, you look two years ago, and really the, the only big guy we had that played consistently was Tyler Stevenson. You bring Pinkney in last year. You bring Isaiah Moore in. For this year, now Tyler is able to not have to be, you know, the the exclusive big man down there. And how big is that now that you got two six eights and a six ten in the starting lineup? Well, like I say, it gives you depth. Uh, you know, last year Tyler was was our primary uh, uh, low post scorer, so you know, teams can can uh, can can you know zone in on him and try to uh, you know uh, game plan against that. But now. With uh, DeAndre being here a year, uh, and now we bring in Isaiah, uh, a guy who played uh, a power five basketball at St. John's. It gives us more depth at the position, gives us more options. So that that's a plus for us as as a team. We saw last uh, last game against Lamar. Really, uh, Tay Hardy had an excellent game, twenty three uh, points, and he came in last year. You guys. 
you know, started him at the point and then kind of moved him back and forth from the to the to the two spot. Is he a little more freed up this year that that the that the you know all the offense doesn't really rest on him and and he's able to be a little bit more free to shoot and move the ball? Yeah, like I say, uh, with bringing in a uh, 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 JUCO, another JUCO player in Wayland that can play the point, uh, get uh, more transferred in and and. and uh, Rashard Bolton, they gave us three more guys who could play that position so you can miss and match Tay with a lot of those guys and move them around and give them more freedom so he don't have to be the, 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 the playmaker, the facilitator and everything, you know. He could get breaks in those areas and, and even playing well off the ball and on the ball. When we look at uh, – we, we joke during the break, I think this is the first Thanksgiving, Coach, that you're going to spend in, in the state of Montana. But, man, the Grizzlies uh, kind of uh, in the NCAA a whole lot, and the three teams you're going to take on the next three days uh, will be tonight. You'll take on UNC Wilmington. You'll take to, uh, San Diego on tomorrow. And then Friday you'll take on uh, the Grizzlies of Montana. What what are you looking to, to, to uh, come about? Like what are, you, what are your goals and, and what do you want to see out of your team over the next three days? Well, we want, like I say, we want to um, team build, team bond, and gel, and 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 uh, get daughter as a team. But uh, this is, uh, you know, a great environment, uh, Montana, um, very beautiful, picturesque area, and but uh, like you said earlier, really competitive in basketball and all the sports. So we are uh, we we in a tournament with three teams that's uh, very, uh, you know, comparable. So it's going to be a tough three game uh, tournament here, and so we have to come out, like I say and play and build and, and try to jail as a team. So you get three games back-to-back, so you don't have time to worry uh, uh, about uh, one game. You have to play them one game at a time and move forward. Coach Spoon, uh, I know some improvements have been made uh, to the Coliseum, and we had the athletic director, Jeremy McLean, on the show last month, and, and he was talking about how they have uh, think had built up $3 million from this bond issue. Uh, for future improvements to the facility, uh, talk a little bit about some of the things they wanted to do. How important is that to the development of the basketball program to see these continued uh, improvements to Reed Green? Well, you know, uh, you know uh, Jeremy um, done, have done a great job since he's uh, been back and, uh, you know, with all the sports and, and now having some funding that can come in and do some stuff at, at, uh, at Reed Green. It helps um, fan base wise. It helps recruiting wise, and uh, it, it gives energy. And anytime you see new building, new construction going on um, uh, on campus, it's always it's, it's it's good for the campus environment and good for the city of Hattiesburg because you know the university uh, it's it's a big driving factor for the community. So anytime you see that, it's always good for the university and the community, and especially for the basketball program because, you know, you get newness added to the mix of being able to go out and recruit, go out and talk about all the changes and things that's, uh, that's, that's coming. Is, is am, I, am I right in assuming you can go talk to kids about investing their future in your basketball program maybe more successfully if you can show that the university is putting its money where its mouth is and the university is investing in the improvement of the program as well. Yeah, definitely. Like you say, it's a selling point. It's a selling point across the board. It's a, it's a selling point with the athletic department. It's a selling point with the uh, university. And it's a selling point, point uh, with the basketball program because, you know, uh, Coach Lander can go out and when he's recruiting – 
can talk about it. He can go out uh, and talk about it doing fundraising. We as assistants can go out talk about it with, with, with uh, recruits and the high school coaches, JUCO coaches, to get to show that uh, the investment and the commitment is being added back into the program from the athletic department and from the university. Uh, all right, Luke. Couple more questions, uh, Coach. I, I guess uh, you know people so happy that you're on this basketball staff. Um, that you uh, stayed with with Coach Ladner. Of course, uh, you guys both played. But I mean, what does it mean for you, though? You know, every game night to to be out there, uh, you know, coaching at your alma mater after you know the great NBA career you had to be back in Hattiesburg. Well, you know, I'm very thankful for uh, you know to to Coach Ladner for for retaining me and bringing me back. But as a as a coach and as a former player, you know it's it's, it's a special place for me, and being able to give back and in, in uh, um, as a coach and give back the details that I don't learn through the process of playing at, uh, at Southern and playing in the pros, learning from Coach Turk, learning from all the professional coaches, I can give insight uh, to the players and on the recruiting trail. I could tell, I could you know answer their questions and tell them about the program and about future aspirations of what you have to do to become a professional uh, a player. Good stuff. Well, be honest with us uh, as, as we get ready to go to break. Who is the easiest guy of these three big guys, Isaiah Moore, Tyler Stevenson, or um, or DeAndre Pinckney? Which is the three easiest for you to post up on them? I mean, who do you dominate the most at practice, Coach? Be honest with us. Uh, well, I'm being honest. I, I run from those guys, you know. Uh, it's called retirement for a reason. It's called teaching for a reason. It's called coaching for a reason. You know, you, you want to go out there and, uh, you know, um, instruct, teach and stuff. But all those guys are very competitive, uh, long and athletic. And those days don't pass me by. So I enjoy watching them guys and working with those guys and watching them play and going out there and compete. <laughs> Good stuff. Well, Coach, we appreciate it. Get after uh, UC, uh, UNC Wilmington tonight, and a happy Thanksgiving uh, to you and, and all the players and the coaches. You guys be safe in Montana. Okay, thank you guys, and many blessings during the holiday season to to, to you all and all the listeners uh, back in uh, Golden Eagle land. Good stuff, good stuff. Well, Bob, the Zootown Classic taking place in Missoula, Montana. Eagles take on UNC Wilmington tonight at 6 UC San Diego tomorrow at 6, and then Montana Friday night at 8.30. That Montana game is on ESPN+. The GOAT of Southern Miss basketball on the Eagle Hour. Absolutely. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Southern Miss basketball up in Montana the next three days. Of course, you can listen to the radio broadcast as well as Friday night's game against Montana will be on ESPN Plus at 8.30. Luke Johnson, Bob Getty, Will Tony from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg and Laurel. Thank you for listening to the Eagle Hour today. You can always catch us in podcast form if you don't listen to us live. 
uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. And happy to bring you Southern Miss Sports every single day. Third segment today brought to you by 4th Street. They're going to be open uh, today, 11 until 2 a.m. Tomorrow on Thanksgiving, they will open it from 4 p.m. to 2 a.m. There's a football game apparently being played tomorrow night somewhere in the state of Mississippi. Not sure if I'll check that out, but they will have the uh, the NFL games on Friday, 5 p.m. until uh, 2 a.m. and then back to normal hours Saturday and Sunday. 4th Street, proud sponsor of the Eagle Hour. Well, Golden Eagle set to take on the FIU Panthers in both teams' season finale. Happy to have uh, with us on the Eagle Hour now in his fifth year as the play-by-play voice of the FIU Panthers, A.J. Ricketts. A.J., thanks for hopping on with us today. Yeah, pleasure to be on. kind of feels wild. It's been five years now. I think I felt like I was just getting started, and then COVID hit, and now it's year five. But uh, good to be with you guys again in, in Mississippi. Absolutely, man. No, you'll be uh, making the trip up, and and it's been a rough year for both the Eagles and the Panthers. Uh, we're in the bottom of the West. You guys in the bottom of the East. It's been a lot of turmoil yeah. on on your ends. But let's let's talk about for a minute this uh, this football team and rolling in. Uh, Eagles broke their losing streak last week, but for for FIU, it's just kind of been one of those seasons you just kind of want to flush. Yeah, things, uh, you know, they were competitive early on in the season, to be honest with you. Um, you know, Texas State in our second game, uh, it felt like that was a game that should have won. And then we were up on, uh, Central Michigan on the road, 27 to 10 in the fourth quarter. That's another you, uh, you think you should win. And, uh, you know, those, got, those got away from us. And then when conference play hit, things, things started to avalanche from there, um, between the losses and, and injuries. So, uh, you know, yeah, it's, it's been one of those years. Um, the frustrations have mounted, but uh, you know there's a lot of good guys, a lot of good people on this team, and uh, just ho- hoping they can put together uh, you know one one final good performance for Butch here before he heads out. Injury injury wise, Golden Eagles, of course, familiar with that, but but not to the extent FIU is. I read this in an article by Brett McMurphy. Of the 85 scholarship players on the FIU team this year, 21 have suffered season-ending injuries or have left the team for various reasons, including 13 starters. That's almost unfathomable, AJ, to, to put that in perspective. Yeah, it's tough. And so, you know, I, heading into these later weeks, I've almost felt, you know, it, it, it almost doesn't matter to, like how hard these guys want to play. They're just so depleted, particularly on the – defensive side in the football and, and butch will reference you know there's there's so many guys getting time right now that he feels should not be on the field they should be redshirting right now getting some more experience um before they take the field uh yeah particularly on the on the defensive side it's it's been a depleted team so you know I mean, even with how hard they play it's it's just tough when all those those young pieces are in there or, or pieces he feels they're not ready yet it's it's been a theme now for two years the injuries have taken its course unfortunately you know, your head coach, Butch Davis, is a winner. He's won at the college level. Yeah. He won with the Cleveland Browns in the National Football League. And I think it's fair to say when he was hired at FIU, the expectation was that he would really get that program up and running. And this will be his last game. As you look back on his tenure uh, at uh, FIU, is there any one or two things that, that you can point to that you think may have led to the – results that uh, in the end he uh, experienced yeah it's interesting right because you know he came in and, and right away turned things around with um, you know a, a roster that had never won here before you know it took him to a bowl game and had eight wins and then uh you know the next season in 2018 it was a program record nine wins and, and a bahamas bowl and 
And then even in 2019, when we didn't have the year that we expected to, like that was supposed to be the big year. We were still able to put things together and, and beat Miami. Um, you know, it's, it's tough. It really is. I, I, I feel, I feel bad. You know, I think Butch Davis is a, is a terrific person. I think our president of the university, Mark Rosenberg is a, is a great person. has a lot of pride and, what this place can be as well and and you know for whatever reasons it, it seems like the vision um from between administration football hadn't aligned to the the ideal standard and you know you've heard butch butch's uh point of view with with what he said to brett mcmurphy um earlier this week so it's tough and you know good people usually have a little bit of legitimate arguments on both of their sides um so it's it's tough to see, uh, you know, Butch will talk about the financial investment or, um, you know, the resources given. Um, and there's two sides to it, right? There's, there's, you know, when you're at a place like FIU, you need to do more with less perhaps or understand like, hey, we got to approach this with what we have and not what we don't. But, uh, you know, at the same time, I'm sure, you know, Butch isn't just saying things out there. He, he expected a certain amount of investment in the program. So, you know, it's a tough situation. It's hard to pinpoint exactly where, but, you know, I think it's uh, it's tough to see the the way it's all it's all wrapped up here. But I, he, he certainly made a lot of moments and memories for this program. There's, there's no doubt about that. Well, no question. And a coach has to have the support of the university. I mean, you can't uh, you yeah. can't do it with, without that. So what is the psyche of the football team uh, going into the game tomorrow? Yeah, you know it's tough, right? Because and there's there's so many players, you know, whether the you know a number have already entered the portal, um, and you know for others, you know it, it, it still might be it still might be a possibility moving forward, and then you have a ton of others that are that are graduating. So uh, you know it's just it's kind of like the last ride with each other. Um, everybody knows it's going to be a a different world for FIU football next year, um, and who knows who's going to be around to. to to be a part of that when when for the, for this new coaching staff, um, so I, I think I think the team just wants to play hard, wants to be competitive, you know, enjoy the time uh, that they have left with the with the coaching staff one final week and and see what they can do on hopefully the beautiful day in, in Hattiesburg this weekend. Luke, we're talking to AJ Ricketts, the play by play voice for the FIU Panthers. There have been a depletion of injuries. Southern Miss fans have been constantly rechecking the depth chart every week. Who who are going to be the names for FIU on offense and defense for Golden Eagle fans to look out for? Yeah, offensively, I'd, I'd tell you right away, Tyrese Chambers, uh, number zero, is a wide receiver, and he's been an, he's been one of the more electric guys for us this year for for much of the season. Guys, he's he's led the country in yards per reception. Uh, you guys might have heard of T.Y. Hilton, right? Pro Bowler, yeah. uh, one of our claims to fame, do it, done great things with the Colts. So he tied T.Y. Hilton's school record for receiving yards in a game, and he did it on three catches. Wow. <laughs> he, had, he had 201 yards against Charlotte on three catches. I think all three were bombs in the in the fourth quarter. It didn't matter that he was double covered. He, he's just been that kind of player. Uh, for 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 much of the season, so he and he's an incredible story too. When he when he was at his first junior college stop, for whatever reason, the JUCO didn't have the dorms ready. I mean, he was living in the laundry room for a period of time <laughs> at, at his first JUCO stop, and he, he didn't end up he didn't even playing there. And then he went to Sacred Heart in FCS school, where uh, where he ended up becoming an All American and getting the chance to move up to D one level. But you know, it's for him to go to. You know the washer and dryer by his side to uh, leading the country in yards per reception. I think uh, is, a, is a pretty <laughs> cool story uh, for for FIU. Uh, defensively, we have a pair of brothers, um, Richard and Rashard Dames. 
Uh, this will be their last game for FIU. Feels like they've been here forever. Uh, um, you know, kind of like the Kenny Pickett syndrome at Pitt. Like, just, like they're still playing college football. Uh, the, this is them, uh, the cornerbacks, defensive backs, um, and, and they've been they've been a lot of fun to watch over the last few years. So the, those are some names to keep an eye on: the Dames twins, one's little twin, one's big twin, and then uh, Tyrese <laughs> Chambers. So it's, yeah. uh, they've got a lot of good stories on the team. FIU staying in Conference USA, and of course, I know uh, with with Middle Tennessee and Western Kentucky staying, it's got to make the, the people in Miami feel a little better. But what is the you know what so much unknowns? What's kind of your take about who are they going to go after, or like what type of coach are they going to go after to replace Butch, Butch Davis? Yeah, it's been interesting to to read. You know, I've got my eyes locked on anything Chris uh, Vanini puts out from the Athletic. I, I, I know he's in he's in tune with you know agents and folks that want their coach their client's name out there. And uh, you know, it seems like the front runners would be Alex Mirabal, who is Mario Cristobal's top guy uh, at Oregon, the offensive line coach up there. And Mirabal has been an assistant at FIU and uh, App State offensive coordinator Frank Ponce. Uh, has been listed in a lot of um, a lot of publications as a potential candidate as well, and he has FIU experience. Uh, Tim Harris Jr. is the offensive coordinator at UCF under Gus Malzahn, and uh, he was on Butcher's staff here for a while as well. So that's that, uh, that's perhaps uh, another name to keep in mind. But um, you know, we'll see how the search plays out. We're we're looking for a new athletic director right now too. Yeah. So <laughs> I bet they've they've got to get that that person in place. And I and from what I've read, that's That'll be announced hopefully seven to ten days after the Southern Miss game, and and then that person I'm sure will probably have the uh, the final call. So, yeah, what a what a fall of uh, of transition between conference realignment and searching for a new AD and football coach. Uh, it's been a, it's been a bit of a whirlwind down here in uh, South Florida. That just means that you have a lot of press conferences and interviews coming up in the immediate future, AJ. Absolutely. I think so. I think you're on to something. Yeah. All right, man, you guys have a safe trip up and enjoy the Hub City, and uh, we'll see you Saturday, AJ. Appreciate it, guys. Thanks so much. We'll see you soon. AJ Ricketts, the voice of the FIU Panthers as they travel to Hattiesburg this weekend to take on the Golden Eagles. And uh, both teams' season finale, Golden Eagles looking for win number three. Last break of the day, Bob and I will continue with you covering Southern Miss sports right after this. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Final segment today brought to you by DBAT and D1 Training in Hattiesburg on Hardy Street. DBATHattiesburg.com is the website. Great place to train, great place to get practice in. DBAT D1, proud sponsors of the Eagle Hour. We told you uh, the men's basketball team. Of course, in Missoula, Montana, as we talked to Clarence Weatherspoon earlier in the show. But the ladies uh, this coming weekend will be hosting the Lady Eagle Thanksgiving Classic. Coach Joy Lee McNellis on the show yesterday telling us about it. But Lady Eagles play Friday at 1, Saturday uh, at 11 a.m. They took on Pine, Arkansas Pine Bluff and Mississippi Valley State. Um, of course, uh, 
Tomorrow being Thanksgiving, we will have uh, Bob. It's not technically called a best of because we don't we're not that good. So it will right. be a, a a show that has been has has was was good in the past. Correct. That shall be tomorrow and Friday. Is that right? That's exactly correct. Yes. I think that's the one that they're actually going to allow us because it actually halfway meets the standard. There we go. Yeah, and so the standards and the standards pretty damn low. So it's uh, they are they well, are not really low, hard man. to pick those shows. Luke Johnson, Bob Getty, Will Tony from the First Bank Studios in Laurel and Hattiesburg. Kelly Sander um, messing with the state of California this week. If he makes it back, he will probably be on the show next week. All right, because it's Wednesday, the last live show of the week, we got to do some picks. Okay, so let's start with Conference USA. No games tomorrow, um, but there will be a game Friday. UTEP seven and four in Birmingham at UAB that game mm. at one o'clock UAB a 13 and a half point favorite Bob that's a pretty good football game UTEP has had a good year but I'm a Blazers fan and I think after the heartbreaker they suffered last week uh, they'll be pretty tough at home I like UAB Will I think it's hard to pick against UAB I'm going UAB UAB uh, almost pulled off uh, the upset last week against UTSA. Blazers good at home. I'm going to go UAB finishes the season at 8 and 4. We'll get a good bowl game. All right, Saturday game starting at noon on ESPN Plus. I want both of these teams to lose. Louisiana Tech at Rice. Hmm. No, that's that's a terrible game there, <laughs> isn't it? You know, I think it's a toss up of bad teams, but Rice is at home. I sort of like Rice to win the game. I think Rice makes sense. Yeah, Louisiana Tech's in a landslide, so I'm going to go with Rice, uh, but I wouldn't be surprised if Tech wins that one. All right, 1 o'clock, Charlotte at Old Dominion. Monarchs uh, got a little win streak going. They're a nine-and-a-half-point favorite. And I think they uh, I think they continue to win. I like uh, Old Dominion. I'm going to say Charlotte. Oh, okay. I'm going to go with Old Dominion. They're going to finish uh, Conference USA 6-6. Six and six. All right, 2.30, Western Kentucky at Marshall. This is for the East Championship, whoever – uh, wins this one, will play UTSA. It's in Huntington, Marshall, a one-point favorite. Well, I'm never gonna, I'm never gonna pull for Western Kentucky to do anything good. So yeah. I'm, I'm completely on the side of the herd. I'll take Marshall. I want Marshall, our Sun Belt brother, to win it and then go knock off UTSA for a conference championship. Go, go, Marshall. All right, 6 p.m. Middle Tennessee at. FAU, uh, Owls are three-and-a-half-point favorite. I have no idea in this one, Bob. Uh, a pillow fight uh, that I guess FAU probably wins at a close one. It's at FAU, correct? Yes. yes. I'll take FAU. All right, upset special of the week, man. I'm tipping my hand here. UTSA at North Texas, Main Green, a four-game winning streak. No, you're not going to pick North Texas, are you? I'm going with, I'm going with uh, San Antonio. I think the Roadrunners may run the table. What's the line on that one, Luke? UTSA, 10.5 point. I'll go UTSA. I'm going to say North Texas. They're going to win five in a row, finish six and six, save their coach's job, and destroy the Roadrunners' dreams. UTSA should have lost to Southern Miss last week. They really should have lost to UAB, or two weeks ago, and then UAB last week. I'm going uh, North Texas. All right, we'll just do it for a technicality. FIU at Southern Miss. Eagles a double-digit favorite at 10.5. Say that again. I haven't heard that all year long. Southern Miss a a 10.5-point favorite against FIU. Take the points and the Golden Eagles. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Golden Eagles will cover. They may, yeah, we just, I won't get prideful and say how much they'll score, but yeah, Golden Eagles will win. All right, tomorrow, NFL three games, first at 11.30 on Fox, Bears at Lions. 
Well, I'd like to see the poor pitiful Lions win a game, but I kind of don't think they are. I guess I'm going to go with Chicago. i got to go with Chicago. I'm going to go with the Lions. Uh, Andy Dalton is starting for the Bears. Justin Fields out, and Lions get their first win on Thanksgiving, which would be very appropriate. 3.30, the uh, team from Las Vegas, Bob can uh, say their name as he wishes to, they're at Dallas. The Raiders. Is that how you say it? You know, I, I, I was kind of pulling for the Raiders early in the year, but then after they pulled what they did with Chucky, I'm, I'm really not on their team anymore. And uh, I, I think they lose. I think Dallas wins the game. I, I do not have a fiber in my being that will ever pick Dallas. I, I've well, got a, me neither, really. But I, <laughs> I but, can't yeah, stand but, the Dallas But I, I think they probably win. Uh, I'll go with the Raiders. I'm for the Raiders. I like Derek Carr, and they've been through a lot this year. Go Raiders. All right, tomorrow night, most important game, Bills at the Saints. Chance for the Saints to be without Kamara and Ingram. Going to be tough. Kamara's not playing? Possibly. He's a big question mark. <sighs> well, I like the Saints if Kamara's playing, but it's tough to beat the Bills if you don't have Alvin Kamara. Absolutely. I'm going with the Bills. I got to go Hudats. Uh, I can understand you guys' picks, but but go Saints. All right. Thanksgiving upon us. I'm so thankful for my Lord, my family, my health. Thankful to be a part of this show. Thankful that I'm a Golden Eagle. Thankful I get to do this with uh, you guys every single day. Happy Thanksgiving, Bob and Will. Happy Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving to you, buddy. Luke. Uh, glad to be back, and a happy Thanksgiving to everybody that makes the Eagle Hour a great success. We love you, and we appreciate you tuning in every day. All right. Have a great Thanksgiving. Best of shows tomorrow and Friday. We'll catch you back live. If you missed it, hit us on podcast. Have a great Thanksgiving, and as always, Southern Miss. To the top. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.